Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I'm David Borax, and this is R&D in the QC. Tarek Bakari and Larkin Eggleston, one Republican and one Democrat who bonded as first-term Charlotte City Council members. Somehow, they both got reelected, and now we're stuck listening to another season of this amateur hour bullshit. In the first 82 episodes, they talked to a governor, a senator, presidential candidates, and even a journalist or two. Their goal again this season, bringing Charlotte listeners behind the scenes of the city council in one of America's fastest-growing cities. I won't be listening, but for some reason, you are. Episode 93 of R&D and the QC, we give you an update with everything we know as of right now on the COVID-19 coronavirus. in the QC episode 93. Uh, we're here Thursday afternoon and doing this at uh, a time we normally wouldn't each week, but we did not have a meeting on Monday. We were actually, uh, some of us were already in Washington, D.C. for the National League of Cities Conference. Um, myself and four of our colleagues were already up there. Tark, you and the mayor and some others were scheduled to arrive on Tuesday um, with everything that was happening so quickly. With the coronavirus, we decided to not have anyone else come up. We decided to pull the plug on that and head back here early. Um, so that's why there was no meeting Monday and no podcast Monday. But as we sit here Thursday, a lot has happened since we returned from Washington on Tuesday, um, and particularly in the last 24 hours. So we wanted to get an episode out uh, with some information that we think is important for people to know, things for people to consider. Uh, we said we wanted to preface this. Obviously, neither of us are public health experts. Uh, but the city does, in its purview, have public safety, and this is both a public health issue and a public safety issue. Um, a lot of stuff is being canceled. The governor's scheduled to to speak in an hour or so, I believe, four o'clock, right? uh, with some with some additional announcements and recommendations. And so, um, with that, we'll we'll talk a little bit about what has happened, uh, what we expect, and uh, how people should react or. Um, adjust going yeah. forward. I, I think we'll, let's start in our wheelhouse because, again, I want to emphasize the point you made, which is uh, we are not doctors, right? Uh, we are not jumping over uh, and uh, speaking on behalf of the county, who in a lot of ways owns a huge primary piece of this, the health director, our hospitals. Um, they had a press conference earlier today, and they relayed some important information. And in no way are we trying to supersede or say anything above that. We've got to make sure that we at attack this in, in really a, uh, an organized fashion um, so we, uh, we maximize roles and responsibilities. However, I think it, it's probably fair for us to start on, on the city front and just kind of overview a few things. And on the city front, I would really uh, bucket everything into two major buckets. One bucket is, what do we know now? What have we, what have we been working on and we are ready to roll out, have rolled out or will be rolled out in the very immediate future to kind of change the way we operate, to change the way we exist? And then the second bucket is, what are things that are, are, are in the hopper and we are analyzing and they will come? Because I think the big punchline now is, um, Point one, 
we don't know everything. Like there's so much we have to figure out and anyone coming out at this point and saying, well, we've got it figured out. Here are the seven things. That's all we're done. I think is sending the wrong impression. So we know what we, what we need to do right now. And then the things that are to do's for later. So right now the to do's are, um, we know our first responders are some of the people who are um, most at risk in this type of virus scenario. Um, the worst thing that could ever happen is if we don't change, update, and enhance our protocols for our uh, firefighters, for police officers, and all first responders, and all of a sudden the virus, um, the, the virus starts going rampant within those groups, that's a whole different problem to deal with. So I think the thing that we've really been focused on, and you're going to see announcements, again, from the mayor and from others um, more formally, but they're going to be around, this is the new way of operating that a firefighter, if called to your house or a police officer is going to interact with you. And it may be things like, you know, whereas before they might've gone straight into your house, um, they may have a mask on and they may, um, they, they may ask to meet with you outside. So again, uh, these are the things where you're going to see that we just don't want you to be surprised because this is not something that we're doing and planning for, and we got to get through the next two weekends and it's good. This is a new normal for this, these kind of protocols, um, until we move past this phase and this phase could last for a while. So uh, I think that's a big bucket. Uh, number one, how our first responders are going to be reacting. I know that things in that, in that second bu bucket I mentioned, and then Larkin, I'll let you kind of chime in of what we don't fully know yet, but we've started the wheels moving on are if governor Cooper comes out at four o'clock and makes some recommendations. And again, we'll, we're not going to speak for him, but if the, if it, if it recommends like everyone else has that, if you have this, or you think you have this, you have a fever quarantine yourself, we want to make sure we're not doing anything in the city, um, that would be counterintuitive to that. So we've asked the, a bunch of us on the council have had this concern. We've asked the manager to look into it and he's going to his department heads to say, is there anything in our day-to-day -day policies that could be counter to that? Uh, are we shutting off people's water or are we doing X or Y that could inadvertently make them not be able to, um, to stay in place and, uh, and, and be in their home on their own, uh, if necessary. So those are the things that we're working on and you'll see us evolve in our, in our recommendations there. A couple of quick resources I want to put out there yeah. uh, on the early side of our conversation here for people to, to look up or, or use if needed. Um, the lead agency for the state is, uh, their website is ncd, d as in dog, hhs.gov, ncdhhs for uh, Department of Health and Human Services, dot gov. Um, they've got at the very top of their website a link you can click that says, you know, click here for coronavirus COVID-19 updates. Um all the updates there on their website. Also the department of health and human services, uh, the state department of health and human services, toll free call center. This is specifically a coronavirus call center is eight, six, six, four, six, two, three, eight, two, one. That's eight, six, six, four, six, two, three, eight, two, one. And you know, if people are experiencing symptoms of this, I think too, we would recommend, you know, we don't, people shouldn't be rushing to hospitals or rushing to the doctor's office with this. Um, it's, it's probably best to first try to make that phone call to your, whoever your, your primary care provider is, um, 
talk to someone on the phone, give them information about your symptoms, how you're feeling and things like that, and let them determine what the best course of action is. Um, Because A, we don't want to flood the health system. B, we don't want uh, folks showing up in an emergency room and potentially putting other folks at risk of contracting it if that is in fact what you you have. So, um, you know, take precautions. And I think part of what the governor is going to say later today based on what I've heard is going to be talking more about, and he talked about this some, we had a press conference with him here at the government center yesterday. He talked some about, um, you know, if you don't need to be at something, don't be at it. If it's a a meeting that can be had on the phone, do that. If it's uh, particularly if you're in one of the more at risk groups, um, like older folks or folks with um, significant respiratory challenges, then um, be even more mindful. And, and as people have seen, obviously, by now, with the NBA has suspended their season, the NHL has suspended their season, NASCAR has said they'll be having their races without fans. Um, a lot of the NCAA stuff's getting canceled or be played without fans. And so this stuff is really is happening very rapidly. Just this morning, the 25,000-plus person bar crawl hosted by Rich and Bennett for the last 15 or, or so years decided they were going to postpone until at least the summertime. And so... Um, I think the important thing for people to really realize and think about, because I, I have felt a different gear of fear in the last couple of days on this, given like everyone's like, oh, in the news and oh, other countries and oh, it's in North Carolina. And now today with our first cases in Mecklenburg um, and then on the backdrop of all of those uh, professional leagues canceling seasons, Tom Hanks, I, I think it's hit us in a, in, a, in a different reality. And the thing I would really encourage everyone to do, again, I'm not a doctor, but I have read up and studied up on this a boatload, right? Is that there's, there's a lot of things that are going to change. This is, this is definitely, um, it can be a scary thing and it's going to change, I think, some social norms, some ways that we operate as an economy, as a society, um, and you need to take precautions and you need to take this very seriously, but you don't need to exist and live in fear. I think the fear is gripping people right now because all, all of these cancellations and they're like, well, if the NBA canceled, you know, it must be significant. All I'll say is that they are taking precautions that they viewed for both personal and, uh, and societal reasons to, and you can Google and learn more about flattening the curve, about things like that, where, um, you know, they did what they thought was right. But the bottom line, and I think everyone needs to realize is that, um, you don't need to live and exist in fear. You just need to be shocked into action and paying attention, uh, because yeah, mindfulness, not panic. Exactly. Cause panic, this is not something I heard this on the, it's, it's circulating widely right now, Joe Rogan's podcast. And I think it sums it up really, really well, which is like, people are thinking and approaching this as the Corona blizzard, right? This is let's batten down the hatches and let's buy all the toilet paper. paper, We'll hide away in our house for two weeks and then we'll come out. And I have to tell you, it's like the, it's like the Corona winter and, and the first of many seasons to come. This is a part of a new normal. And you have to, you have to adjust and understand that while not everyone's going to die on one side of the coin and the other side, a, a, a much higher percentage, 10 to 15%, many experts say, higher than the flu, are going to be impacted and die by this. But that, 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 is, that is something that we can change the way we operate. But if you're thinking, I'm going to hide away, and then I'm going to come back out when this is done, that's not the right way to think about this. It's about how do we you know, practice elements of so- social distancing? How do we you know, 
use our elbows and not shake hands? Um, how do we work remotely when we can? Um, because at the end of the day, we have to change these things, but this is not going away and we cannot implode our economy because everyone's like, I'm just going to hide away thinking that it's going to be gone in a couple of weeks. It's not. Well, and there's, and we've talked about this. Um, there's a couple of things that I'm seeing that I think could be problematic. Some that are avoidable, some that aren't. I mean, I, I, a lot of people, people in our age range, for instance, are, have talked about, well, this is a great opportunity for me to travel. Like flights are going to be cheap and everything's going to be cheap and whatever. And while, again, we're not saying everybody should go into their underground bunker, we also need to be mindful that even if you are our age, for instance, and you are not at a high risk, even if you do contract the virus um, of having really, really bad outcomes from it, maybe, um, that that's not the only thing that matters. The other thing is that if you are putting other folks, older folks, people with uh, pre-existing health problems, if you're putting them in contact with it because you're carrying it, you know, that's the kind of stuff you've got to consider too. And, and not just, oh, well, you know, I'm not likely to, uh, I'm not likely to get hit that hard because I'm a young, healthy person. Well, but um, hold on, but let me jump in there because I think this is really important. This goes to the, all the stuff you should be taking seriously, but don't exist in fear. I think this is the point. The reality here, and I'm, I'm going to relay the experts and the things that I've seen uh, uh, from people that are really credible in this space and what they've said, um, is that as this continues to evolve and spread, right, not everyone's going to get it. And especially when we practice some of these quarantine kind of social distancing tactics, less will get it. But of those who get it, 80% roughly are going to have very mild symptoms. Some may not even know that they have it in that 80%. People who are the prime candidates for those 80% are younger people under 65 without dangerous health conditions and things of that nature. Um, folks who are in the 20% that they're going to get it and it's going to be harder. I, th I believe there's going to be a range there. And in that 20% on one range, it's going to be, well, it's not just a mild irritation. Like this is this is hitting me kind of hard and I feel it all the way to serious respiratory problems all the way to, you know, essentially in that 20%, right? Um, there's going to be 20% of those that are going to die. Uh, and that's going to be, I mean, we have to recognize that as a society right now so that when these deaths start happening and we see them pile up in the news, everyone's not shocked. Like we have to accept that. Well, but we a also- That's 4% rate, is that- It's, a, it's, a, it's a roughly a 1.5% rate of the people that contracted. But I'm saying of the 20% that this is going to be rough on. Even if you're in a at risk or older person, that doesn't mean you're going to die. Right? I think that's the point you need to re recognize. My wife, while not in the older demographic, her and I have been talking in, in a, a, a bit concerned um, because she has asthma, right? So we're talking and I think where I've fallen out with her is you know, she is a little more at risk than the normal 80%. She's tracking into that 20%. So now we're calling her pulmonologist and we're saying, if she gets this, right, and the, 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 her, her reaction to it is more conducive and what we're seeing in that 20% who it's not mild, what can we do to prepare now? Is there some kind of, you know, can we use some of the equipment she has for her asthma and will that help? What can we do to avoid going to a hospital or being in public to only make this worse. Um, and and I, I encourage everyone to self-evaluate kind of aside from changing your tactics, self-evaluate, you know, do I have tendencies that would put me more towards that 20% if I got it or more in the 80%? And if so, 
talk to your doctor, talk to anyone you can ahead of time, do research and figure out what you can do so that if it happens and if those, those things start occurring, you're not caught off guard. At least like you can, everyone can be, have their own kind of business continuity or life continuity planning right now with this. So another thing I want to talk about that is top of mind for me, given the industry that I'm in, and I mentioned that the Richmond Minute Bar Crawl decided to postpone until at least the summertime. Um, you know, we're 48 hours, less than 48 hours out from when that bar crawl is supposed to be. You've got dozens of, of bars and restaurants that had bought up a bunch of extra food and staffed a bunch of extra people and expecting 25,000 people on the streets of Charlotte this weekend. Um, there hasn't been a decision made as of our taping time right now on the parade and a couple of other things. But but I think many things, if not most or all things, are going to be canceled. A lot of restaurants, a lot of the service industry folks, whether they work in a hotel, whether they work in a restaurant, whether they work at the arena where the NBA has suspended games indefinitely uh, for the Hornets, a lot of this stuff, these are people who don't have the benefit of a salary in a company who might say, mm. okay, we'll work from home for a week or, um, you know, here's some, you've got PTO, use your PTO if you're sick or whatever. Uh, these are folks who get paid when they work, literally when they work. And so when they don't work, they don't get paid. And I think that that's something that we all need to be really mindful of too. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to be more inclined to get um, delivery or takeout food, for instance. And that's something where, you know, when I go in and I pick up takeout food, uh, the bartender goes and gets it for me or whatever. I sign the check uh, to take it home. I might leave a couple of dollars tip because, you know, it's not the same as waiting a table. Um, I'm not necessarily leaving 20%. This might be a time where I'd say if I've got the means to do that, maybe I do leave a 20% tip on that takeout food because it's a meal maybe I would have had in that restaurant and now I'm not. Um, and that bartender isn't going to make a whole lot of money if everybody's coming in and doing $2 tip on takeout food and 80% of their business is takeout because people feel like they need to be at home, which is probably the responsible decision. But again, it has these ripple effects in our economy and there's organizations that, um, that assist. There's been a lot of talk about um, what we can do, and I know we're exploring these opportunities or, or the potential for our us to be able to do this, things like in this time of crisis, are there ways that we can make sure that no one's water's getting shut off, that their, you know, their power's getting shut off, that whatever it is, uh, water obviously is one that the city is in direct control of. There's an organization uh, that most people will be familiar with here in the Charlotte area called Crisis Assistance Ministries, which, or Crisis Assistance Ministry, which their website is crisisassistance.org, um, and it, you can donate there. So if, if this is something that you feel um, passionate about, they do a lot around helping people uh, make sure that their utility bills get paid if they are in a crisis. And so uh, along with a lot of other good work they do, that is something that, again, people, uh, even one of our own colleagues, Braxton Winston, who works, um, has a couple of jobs, but one of them is at the arena. He's a cameraman there. There will not be NBA games for him to work as the cameraman or work as the audio video guy for concerts and things. And so um, folks like him are going to be in a pinch. And so I think not only do we need to look out for our friends and family that we, we know directly and, and are aware that maybe they're in a, in a more difficult time, but supporting organizations like Crisis Assistance Ministry, um, you know, being mindful of, you know, a lot of, a lot of the folks that we normally support when we go out to eat are going to have a tough time. Um, thinking of ways that we can try to help hold those people up as we deal with what could be a week. It could be a month. It could be months of 
a different way of operating. And let me just do a spoiler alert. It's, it's not, not going to be, a, be week. a week. Yeah. It's not going to be a month more than likely. It's going to we, be, but we don't I, know I think three to six months based on what I'm reading. Well, but even if it was a month, um, even if it was two weeks for that matter. And again, I'm not saying that there's much of any likelihood that it will be, but two weeks without a, a paycheck or two weeks making half as much as you're used to making is more than most people can handle. Uh, agreed. And I mean, so it doesn't take long for someone who has more of a, a gig economy type of job to really get in a bind. Cause there's a lot of people in this community that live check to check. And uh, that, I think that goes back to, to the broader point I was raising earlier, which is we have to take this very, very seriously. We have to be analytical in what we decide, what, what guidance, what things we roll out, but the fear and the, and the, and the response from the fear can almost be as deadly at times, if not more, than the thing itself if we don't do this properly. So all I'm saying is that I, I look at each thing on in its own merits that we're going to have to decide on the city front, that we're going to have to partner with the county and the state and CMS. And on its own merits, I, I, we have to balance and weigh these things out because the fear itself, I mean, what, what good is the fact that, you know, we all bunkered down and, and, saved a couple lives if we lost a lot more lives over a year because we imploded the economy and all of a sudden, you know, all the things I don't need to say that that can paint a picture with. You look at, I saw a post on Facebook from Manolo, Manolo's Bakery. Where Did you see that? Where he said, I've already had like seven group party things cancel yeah. on him. He's like, I mean, well, that's, that's his livelihood. And that's where I think that some of the, that middle ground behavior of, you don't have to have all ramen noodles and soup for a month. You can still call up your normal restaurant that you might go to on a Tuesday night for dinner and say, Hey, I'd like to place to go order and then go in and, and spend that money, tip that server that gets that order for you. And we can try to maintain some normalcy for our own sanity, but also for the sake of the economy and the people who are going to be impacted by these changes in the economy over this. Period and, and, that, of time. and that's why, that's why I, I can't, I cannot emphasize this point enough. While none of us know every exact answer, there's one thing that I think is important, which is we cannot paint with a broad brush and say, well, the NBA canceled, therefore we cancel everything, right? There are reasons, aside from public health, that the NBA probably made their decision. They probably said, well, if this thing spreads, I don't want someone who spread, died, that made a choice to be there of their own volition and sue the NBA, so there are things we need to look at. I, I am going to be looking at a very critical eye if CMS ultimately cancels or cuts out of school for a long period of time. Because while they have already canceled field trips, but yeah, they've not. And that's made okay. A but yet. I'm. But again, they need to be looking at all of the factors here. And and I'm speaking from Tark, a person with kids in CMS now, not from behalf of the city council. Um, if if they make a cancellation, well, yes, does that have a known impact? of kind of muffling down influenza and things like that. Sure it does. But also you have to take into account kids uh, with a, a very small percentage exception, uh, thankfully um, are, are not being impacted uh, with physical um, impacts from the, the coronavirus here in, in this strain. Uh, they can be carriers and they can take that and bring it to their homes and pass it along to their adults. We all know the downside impacts, but then you got to think about the other things. 38% of nurses in this country have children in K through 12. 
what are you going to do when they have to go and take care of their kids because they're out of school for an extended set of months? Talk about another crisis from the, the uh, uh, urgency response side. Also, a quarter of the nation's families with children in K through 12 do not have vacation time, do not have the ability uh, to, if their kids are, so, I mean, these are very complicated and very hard uh, questions that have to be answered. And I, we cannot make them from a reactionary perspective at the city, county, state, or national level. It has to be based on what the, the doctors and all of the experts in these fields paired with economists and everyone else uh, finding the, the right balance because there is no easy answer. And I'm looking right now at the Charlotte Observer has got a list on their website for a lot of event cancellations. And people are already canceling events into mid-April. Um, there was a Charlotte Regional Business Alliance trip scheduled for early May uh, to Austin, Texas. That's already been postponed yeah. indefinitely. So, you know, people should be expecting, um, you know, that a, a lot of stuff – I mean, I think – I think what we'll see is that this weekend people will pretty much just clear the calendar and then they'll want to wait and see and wait and watch what's happening. But, but a lot of people are already being proactive in terms of, of pulling a lot of this stuff. So again, um, you know, your event planners and your people that make their, their livelihood largely based on those type of things are going to be in a, in a really tough spot uh, for the next month or months. And, and my, um, my personal opinion, again, on, on that front and what you should I, be doing is... But I'll say before I, we switch yeah. gears there, that we're already getting questions, too, about events. Obviously, the RNC is one that comes up, but we're getting questions about events that are four, five, six and months and beyond out. And I, I don't think... And obviously, some of the RNC chatter is people kind of hoping that maybe the, the conventions cancel, but that or that the political conventions cancel. Um no decisions are going to be made on something that's happening in August right now. Uh, and it's, it's not our decision to make, frankly, it would be a health department decision if there was a, a genuine crisis or obviously the Republican and the democratic parties respectively could decide to do something different with their conventions. But, um, while decisions are going to be made in the short term and in the medium term, no long-term decisions are being made until we kind of see how this is tracking. And so I think that's another thing people got should a note from Ray McKinnon, the bishops in Western NC and NC conference of the UMC just, recommended that we cancel large group worship gatherings for the next two weeks. I mean, that is like, that is standard what I'm seeing across uh, organizations and and groups. Perfect example here too. You know, I don't know uh, specifically with, with Ray's church, you know, if they've got a Facebook page, is there a way for them to do um, a live stream of their, of their sermon and do some of these churches that you want to support. And then many of these churches I'm sure will be doing great work through the community as it's needed in response to this outbreak um, are there ways that you can donate to them online if you might have put money in the in the plate as it went down the the row at the service on Sunday? So I think a lot of a lot of these organizations that you know and you see doing good work um, continue to support them because they'll need more resources than ever to do the the good work that that we know they will. And, and just a couple other things off the top of my head of, of like I've relayed punchlines of things that I think are really important for us to get right and think about right now. Um, one. Uh, don't politicize this and, and, and don't feed into anyone politicizing it. Everyone needs to unite. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. The only thing, you know, is, is the, 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 the age kind of discrimination points of this that get impacted more. We're all in this together. 
And, and I'll give you an example. Like that's easy to say at a high level. An example is this. Um, if, uh, if you hear somebody saying and pointing a finger saying federal government, I don't have enough test kits, right? Well, guess what? We all know that. And everyone needs to be working on it. But the point of politicizing it and saying we have historically decade over decade underinvested in stockpiling everything from test kits like this to IV bags and things needed in hurricanes. And there will so, be a time like, this where is, we can, this is not new. There will be a time where we can go back and analyze and criticize the way things were done leading up to it's this not or the now. way during it. Yeah, we can Monday morning quarterback yes. on Monday. We can't do it during the game. Everyone on needs to work together. And if, if you need to mention it, if you're in a position of leadership that you need to talk about that, you know, stump speech or something, by all means say, yeah, we're waiting on those test kits. They're so important. There's no reason to make that the entire speech. You know what I mean? And also, I think that's really important. I hope that, and this is, you know, people that would bother listening to the show, I imagine are not the type of people who would bother to share um, poorly sourced or not at all sourced information but some of the stuff I've seen online where people are sharing um, rumors and things is is really not the time for that either. And I think, you know, I think we've passed the time where where jokes about this are – we probably were already past that time. But I think if, if you didn't realize it now, the time for joking about this is over. And, and more importantly, the time for making sure that any information you're sharing is good information is critically important. Because I saw – I'm not going to – get too specific today but i saw something today based entire entirely on just sharing a post that was probably completely made up that was recommending people take a certain action that was a very panic type action panicked type action and um that's the kind of stuff that can make these problems worse and thankfully most everybody on the comment thread said uh yeah, where are you getting that from and there was no answer but um, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. And many of the people yes. listening probably do too. hundred uh, percent. And it's someone that we both like, but it's also irresponsible to share information that is just something you saw on Facebook. And if yeah. you, if, if you're wondering if it's true or not, Google it and see if you can find anything that really talks about it from an actual news perspective. And then when you do keep Googling it until you find at least two or three sightings of it. I mean, like the, the false narratives and information are just rampant right now so just here's something that's not a false narrative the um the uh cdc website um has really good uh, resources you go to the coronavirus section it, it has this whole section with buckets of how to be prepared to take action for covid19 and then it says at home at k-12 through schools and child care at colleges at work at large events community faith-based event so all of those have their own little libraries of things if you want to know what's what's out there and what and what has been recommended i say go there and then i think my final my final point and this is just based on what i've read and learned i think this is my recommendation at a high level of balancing taking this really seriously without imploding our economy and doing things out of fear um that that will otherwise have more harmful impacts than 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 positive and that is if you are in this bucket that if you get it you know you're firmly in the 80 percent right? You firmly in that I'm younger, I'm healthy. I don't have these preconditions that are known as risk factors, right? Um, within reason and within the new norms of washing up and doing all these things, like, you know, 
go especially to small businesses and do things that you know people that are going to be struggling are going to help them immensely, right? Instead of going to a Starbucks, maybe go over to a Manolo's, right? Do things like that so people are going to really be struggling over these these next three to six months. And if you're in that bucket, to be honest, if you get it, it's going to be part of that painful but more important greater good of getting that kind of herd immunity that's going to be necessary because there's there's not going to be the inoculations needed within the next year year and a half at wide scale till we get there and the second part of that is while you're doing that be cognizant of the other 20 percent of the people over 65 of the people with lung disease of things that we know all of a sudden they get in critical shape and that means if you're out there and about being around them in that period that you could be carrying this for up to two weeks or more in some cases and not realize it and, 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 and be, and be um, um, distributing it amongst people that are at risk and take care of those folks and make sure that those at risk, you're, in, you're kind of in a different bucket and you need to be uh, careful and you need to think ahead. Yeah. And I'll just say, echo a lot of that, you know, take care of your neighbors, take care of your neighborhood businesses, be cautious, but don't be panicked. Um, there is a, a fine, there's a happy medium in there somewhere that, um, that we all need to find. And, you know, and you and I were talking about before we started recording that you, that the two of us are, are not, we don't always practice what we preach on this, but if you don't feel well, stay at home, just better safe than sorry. If you have any inclination to think that you might be under the weather, even if you don't think this is what it is, just stay at home. And you and I are both too. And, and most, I think most people are programmed to push through it. Nah, you know, I'm not going to let that slow me down. I got work to do. And, um, you can do work at home and it's just not, um, again, even if, even if you'd be fine, you might be putting other people who won't be at risk. And that's one of the reasons that one of the big factors of, you know, you've seen this kind of public testing that's happening in New York and many other places that have been impacted longer than us, where they're taking temperatures and all that stuff. I mean, that's partially about finding people and quarantining and things like that. It's also partially about, you know, making a kind of cultural impact of people like who might be like, I have a fever, but I've got to go because this, I bought this ticket and it's non-refundable. I've got to get to work. Like you're going to think twice if you've got to go past the checkpoint where they're going to take your temperature. So don't freak out if you see us deploying measures like that. Uh, Realize that's part of a broader protection of the most vulnerable among us. But also remember, this is not the time to tough it out because you know you got the fever, but you know you need to be somewhere. Make the tough decisions and be the one to to think about those that are the most vulnerable among us. So I think we'll wrap it there. Um, if you are listening to this right after we put it out, or if you're watching this on Facebook, the governor, I think, is supposed to speak at four. There'll be a lot of good information coming out of that, hopefully. Um, I'd also encourage you to follow. Uh, you know, We'll certainly put out updates on our social media, but uh, this Charlotte government Facebook page and Twitter handle is at CLTGov, Mecklenburg County, the health, their health department, the state, um, DHHS, um, CDC, all of those. Any of those, follow, follow them on social media, share good, reliable information. Those are places where you can share the information with confidence and get people, um, give people the resources that they need. Um, don't just share yeah. rumor mill stuff that you're seeing online. Follow good sources, and share good sources, and, and just keep an eye on this and, and do what you can do um, to protect yourself and your, your friends and family and neighbors. But again, it's it can be a calm preparation and a calm caution 
it doesn't have to be a, a panicked reaction. Follow, and, follow all those sites for, for updated releases of information. But I also encourage you, if you aren't a subscriber of R&D in the QC or you're just listening on uh, Facebook Live or anything like that, subscribe. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. It's on all kinds of different places. Um, and what Larkin and I will attempt to do is, as those other sources are the primary sources of first release of the information, we'll try to periodically break down some of the things just like we have today in a little more detail and a little more, here's why this has happening or why we've done this. uh, So you can follow and understand as we go through not a blizzard of a weekend, but a winter that we are going to have to learn how to live in a new normal for many months to come. And then probably years after that. So um, we appreciate all of you. Um, this isn't normally um, how uh, uh, we're a little more lighthearted than this, but this is a very serious topic and we're taking it seriously, uh, but but not with fear. So. All right. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of others. And we will. We don't know yet if um, if our rezoning meeting on Monday will take place or not. Um, so follow along on our Facebook page or, or whatever you'll see notices about on the city stuff, whether we're having the meeting or not, we'll post on the Facebook page. If we will or won't have an episode, depending on whether we will, will or not, will or will not have a meeting. Um, we'll keep you updated on all that, but, um, talk to you soon. Later. Later.